appreciate that very much. And I am thankful that we have a Bible. I'm glad that it is a pure and a perfect word of God. Open your Bibles again to Romans chapter 7, our text passage. One prayer request or two prayer requests I forgot to give you. Uh, pray for Sister Fabus who is sick this evening. And then also pray for her mother. She fell and uh, broke her arm. I believe they said she has to have surgery tomorrow. And they would appreciate you praying for them. I want you to look at verse number 21. I find then a law. Now understand the strength and the power of a law. A law is something, uh, the laws of God can't be broken. Uh, you break yourself against the laws of God. You, you just, they just are what they are. Uh, he said, I find then a law. And it says this, when I would do good, evil is present with me. How many of you have discovered that already in your Christian life? Raise your hand. You have. I have. And uh, in the verses before, he said, when I would do good, evil is present. He said, uh, what I want to do, I don't do. What I don't want to do, that I do. And he said, I'm in a struggle. My flesh is in a constant battle. Look at verse number 24. O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? I'll come back to that about halfway through the message tonight. And then verse number 25, the answer is given, and it's important to see. The answer is given, I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. That's the answer. Then in further detail, notice, so then with the mind I myself serve the law of God. Folks, the battle is in the mind. We must control our mind. And then he says, but with the flesh, the law of sin. I want to preach tonight on this subject, the man I am most afraid of. The man I am most afraid of. Heavenly Father, I pray that you'd bless the preaching of your word tonight. I believe it to be an important truth. Now, Lord, understanding the activities of the past week, the activities after the service and this week, uh, Lord, we will have to give our minds on purpose. We'll have to overcome the weariness of the flesh and mind and listen. Uh, but I believe it to be a truth uh, worth our giving attention to. And I pray that here in the auditorium and then uh, the people around the nation and the, and the world that are watching uh, online, I pray that our attention would be given. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. I have heard of some men, and I have met some men that have brought great fear uh, to me. In fact, I have a fear. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't like it. I wish I didn't, uh, but, it, but it bothers me. Uh, to see the invasion of Russia into Ukraine. It just, it just bothers me. Uh, it brings a fear in my mind and heart. I don't watch the news much, mostly because I watch cartoons instead. I get more out of that. And, uh, and, uh, but but, but I, I don't watch the news because of the propaganda, but I have watched the news uh, uh, this week uh, with uh, Russia invading Ukraine. 
and it disturbs me. It bothers me. I've, I've dreamed about it. I, I had one dream more than once. I was back as a teenager. That was good. That part of it was. And, uh, but my family were hiding as folks were invading, and I just, the fear that I felt, and I can't imagine how the folks in Ukraine must feel and what they be, are going through uh, for their nation to be invaded. It bothers me to hear stories about uh, what happened in Richmond in recent uh, days. Uh, a man killed a young lady and uh, from what I understand is still on the loose. They've not found him. Uh, that just disturbs me and, and maybe they have, but that, that just that disturbs me, that bothers me. In the years of my teen life, my father uh, built a church at, uh, in Hazard I uh, was a pastor there from July 1972 until his home going in August of 1985, just 13 years. And we experienced times that people uh, harassed and threatened my father. Uh, there have been times that folks broke into the church. Uh, they stole things. They destroyed the inside of the buildings. I've been with my dad when uh, he was shot at. I've been in the floorboard of the truck as he was... Uh, driving away and shooting back, and uh, I was just I was just praying. I was just praying is what I was doing. We experienced times where people tried to harm uh, our family, and uh, I remember just as a 15, 16 year old boy uh, sitting on the back porch. We lived in an upstairs apartment at the church, and I remember sitting. Uh, we had been threatened that there were folks that were going to blow our church building up and our uh, church was built on what we referred to as a bench or a level place on the side of the hill and uh, they threatened to put dynamite behind the building and to blow it over the hill. Well, we lived in it. We didn't like that uh, idea very much and so uh, I remember sitting there with a 30-30 Winchester rifle sitting on the back porch and uh, you know the darkness gets pretty loud when you're sitting there in fear. I remember one night a man came down from the mountains and he shined a flashlight. I had a gun, but I went in and got my dad. That was a smarter thing to do. And uh, my dad came out and he turned the light on again. And I remember my dad shooting and I remember, well, you've heard of putting somebody's lights out. That's, he put his light out. And uh, never found the man but pieces of the uh, flashlight. Those things bother me. They still do today. There's a fear. I don't like it, but I have it, and I don't like it. My two brothers are retired state troopers, and maybe they can handle it more than I can, but I figured there was enough law in the family, needed to be some grace, and so I let them take care of that. In 1989, I was preaching in the county jail in Hazard. They have a new jail now, but then it was downtown, and the uh, top floor there and I had seen on the news uh, during the week uh, where a man had murdered a woman uh, that ran the local laundromat and uh, he, he had used a knife uh, to kill her in fact the uh, newspaper read that she had been beaten uh, stabbed and uh, mutilated I went to the jail I didn't think about that didn't I, I read the story but I didn't put that in the jail together and usually uh, there was a sale of, uh, they, you know how they are, there's 
four of them. And uh, uh, anyway, there's four of them, and you walk around the hallway all the way around. I'd stand in the corner where I could see as many of them, and uh, I would stand there and preach, and I would take somebody with me that could sing and, and uh, sometimes play a guitar or a banjo or something to get their attention and, and uh, to get them uh, to listen. I was standing there preaching uh, one day, and uh, there was a gray steel door uh, behind me. I'd really not paid any attention to that door. Uh, there was a small window in it, and then uh, there was a flap big enough for a food tray to go in. I'd never, never been in there, just never paid any attention to it while I was preaching. Uh, that uh, flap on that uh, door, it raised up. And as I was preaching, I looked down, down and there was a man looking. I could just see a part of his face looking up at me as I was preaching. And all of a sudden, I thought, I wonder if that's the man uh, that committed murder just this past week. Well, sure enough, it was. And the following week, when I went back, he asked if he could talk to me. And uh, he did. And uh, it was a fearful story. He told me that as a boy, he went to church, just like you're in church tonight as a teenager. Uh, he went to church. And then he said, I got mixed up with a group of rebellious boys. And he said we were playing around with what he called spiritual things. He was talking about satanic activity. And he said it was there that I became demon-possessed. I'll never forget what he said to me. He was 22 years of age. He said they've accused me of killing, and he gave her name, uh, but he said it wasn't me. He said it was the demon that lives inside me. Uh, the uh, jailer at that time called me during the week, and he said uh, there's only one man in that cell, and yet we hear voices of different people from that cell over the intercom. Now that bothers me. I'm afraid of that. I don't want to be around that. And uh, in fact, I, when I was preparing this message, I uh, looked up that man's name. I have his name. And in fact, I have a match. Uh, I'm sorry, not a match. A cross made out of match stems and a thread from a prison mattress where he took uh, two matches and he formed a cross and he took a thread out of a mattress and he wrapped it around those uh, match stems and he made a cross and he handed that to me. It's in my desk drawer now and it's a reminder to me of what Satan can do with a person uh, that he gets a hold of. And uh, I've kept that there. I looked his name up this week as I was preparing uh, this message. He was sentenced to death and he has been on death row since 1997. I got interested in reading the case and found uh, that his lawyers claimed uh, that uh, the court procedures were not fair and uh, they were considering uh, uh, honoring his request of parole. And uh, just reading that, it just, it just bothers me. It does. And I uh, read on down where the judge later denied the parole and uh, he is on death row in Kentucky tonight. I was in uh, Breathitt County soul winning one day. I was in a place called South Fork, a road there where uh, Rehoboth Baptist Church is. My wife's grandmother attended uh, that church, and uh, uh, Pastor Offenberger was a pastor and uh, a good man. And I, I was soul winning. It was my bus route, 
And I'll never forget, I uh, knocked on a door, and a uh, fella came outside. And I mean, he was a big guy. He was a great big fella. And uh, he was wearing a, uh, a, uh, a muscle shirt, and he had a lot of muscles. And his head was shaved, and uh, I, I gave him a track, and he just sort of growled at me, just sort of barked at me, and he said, uh, that number, and he pointed to a number that was tattooed on one of his big muscles right there. He said, that's not my social security number, that's my prison number. And uh, he said, you don't need to be around here anymore. I gave him a gospel track, and uh, I left. I thought of him. I thought of him often. Those kind of things bother me. I could tell you other stories of men uh, that have caused me fear, men that have threatened uh, to kill me for just preaching, uh, men uh, that uh, the devil would uh, uh, try to use to hurt folks. Uh, there have been times our house has been broken into. But I want to tell you tonight a story of the man I fear the most, of the man I'm most afraid of. You say, preacher, if he's worse than anything like this, if you'll let me go, I'll go ahead and leave. Uh, but I want you to hear it. I want you to hear the story of the man uh, that I am most afraid of. The man I fear more uh, than the murderer uh, that uh, the murder that took place in Hazard. Uh, the man I fear more than the demon-possessed man who called my dad and asked him to come and visit him. The man I fear more than the man who had his prison number tattooed uh, on his arm is a man that Paul talks about in Romans chapter 7, and that is the flesh. The flesh. Paul did not say, oh, wretched man that that murderer is. Paul didn't say, oh, wretched man uh, that that criminal, that hard-hearted man is. Paul didn't say, uh, oh, wretched man that that uh, uh, prison, uh, former prison person and gang member is. Paul said, oh, wretched man that I am. Paul didn't say, oh, wretched man that I was. Paul said, oh, wretched man that I am. Who shall deliver me from the body of this death? Paul is saying, I know what the flesh is capable of doing. I know what the nature of the flesh is. I know that in this life he was bound to that sinful flesh and Paul feared what the flesh could do. Centuries ago, some Roman emperors were known to inflict the terrible punishment of binding the corpse of a murder victim to the back of the murderer. One who committed murder, they took the corpse and they tied them together back to back. And under the penalty of death, no one was allowed to remove the body from the condemned person until that flesh had rotted away. I cannot imagine how terrible that must be. I can't imagine that. But Paul is saying, I'm doing my best to serve the Lord. But the body of this old flesh is attached to me. And I want to do right. And I desire to do right. And I attempt to do right. But this old flesh of mine 
is a wicked, wicked thing. I want you to take your Bibles and go to Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. And I want you to notice what Paul talks about here in the description of the flesh. He talks about the spirit and he talks about uh, the uh, flesh. And he talks about the two and he tells us that they are contrary the one to the other. Let's begin in verse number 16. This I say then, walk in the spirit. Walk in the spirit. That means every step. That means every day. That means living by walking in the spirit. And he says, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Now what does the word lust mean? The word lust means desire, but it's more than that. It's stronger than that. The word lust means passion. Passion. There are some things you like. There are some things you love. There are some things you desire. There are a few things that you have a passion for. The Bible says if we will walk in the spirit, we'll not fulfill the desires or the passions, the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh and these are contrary the one to the other. Do you understand what he is saying? Do we not all live there? Are you with me tonight? Do we not all understand that the flesh and the spirit is a battle every day? I don't care what your occupation is. I don't care what your calling is. I don't care what your circumstances of life are. I don't care what your environment of work is. I don't care what your environment of home is. Uh, there is a struggle of this old flesh against the spirit of God that dwells within us. The spirit desires to do right and the flesh fights against it. The flesh desires to do wrong and the spirit fights against us. And the Bible says you cannot do the things that ye would. I don't care if you were born that way. You can't do what the flesh desires to do. The Bible says we're supposed to behave as children of God. Then I want you to notice what he says, but if you be led of the Spirit, you're not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are manifest. We're going to read the sinful nature of the flesh. I'll just tell you tonight, there are too many folks that trust the flesh. There are too many folks that trust their own mind. There are too many folks that trust their own heart, not knowing what God says about the heart, not knowing what the Bible says about the mind, not knowing what the Bible says about this old flesh of ours. It cannot be trusted. It cannot be placed in control in our life. The Bible says here's what the flesh is. The works of the flesh which are these. Adultery, that's the desire of the flesh. You say, well, that person's bad. They desire adultery. Well, that's what all flesh desires. Fornication, uncleanness, that word means impure and polluted. Uh, lasciviousness, that means an improper sexual desire. An improper sexual desire. Then the flesh is idolatry or witchcraft, hatred. Variance is an interesting word. It means a state of conflict. It means rebellious. 
Do you know, you, you just have, we, we just have in our flesh a spirit of rebellion. That's how our flesh is. If you see a sign that says don't step on the grass, there's something in your flesh that at least wants to put one foot on it so you broke the rule. That's just the way the flesh is. Are you with me? I mean, that, 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 that's the way we are. Uh, if you're told not to look at something, this flesh, it has a spirit of rebellion. The Bible talks about uh, those that have eyes full of adultery. And uh, we, we live in a day of, of lust and we live in a day where the passions of men and women go unchecked and we trust the flesh. And it's a, it's a sad thing when we allow the flesh, in fact, uh, the purpose of the message to say uh, the man I'm most afraid of is not uh, those that I have known, but it's the soul flesh that I have to live with knowing uh, what, it's, uh, 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 what, what the possibilities of this flesh could become if I didn't keep this body under subjection. Now the Bible goes on to say emulations. The word emulations, that's like to emulate or be like someone uh, this means a desire to be like another or not to be like God made you. We live in a day of emulation. How foolish it is. There's only two sexes. Only two. We got a bunch of women want to be men, a bunch of men want to be women. I mean, why can't they just, there's only one, there's only two. There's going to be one of the two. But we live in a day of the last days, those days of emulations. They want to emulate, be like someone else rather than who God made them. Idolatry, witchcraft. Uh, I, I said those already. Uh, now the word wrath and strife. You know what the word seditions means? It means working to cause rebellion against authority. That's what it means. Sedition means to uh, uh, cause rebellion against what's right. The defund police movement is a part of this sedition. The Black Lives Matter is a part of this sedition. They don't, they don't care about race. They're trying to use race to hurt race. And, and, and it, it's a sad thing. It, it, it's, a, it's a wicked thing. That's what the flesh desires. Then there's heresies. Uh, heresies. There's envyings. There's murders. There's drunkenness. Revelings. That means proud of their rebellion and such like. They're proud of their rebellion. You know what that means? Uh, that means I'm going to find out what the letter of the law is and I'm going to almost obey it, but I'm not going to. I'm not going to. I'm going to be real close, but I'm not going to. Can I say that we ought to walk in the Spirit? Just be obedient to what the Bible says to do. That way you don't have to hide or be embarrassed when the preacher shows up. Or when you're reminded of the presence of the Holy Spirit that's come around. You know, we shouldn't be afraid of the preacher, but we ought to have concern of the Holy Spirit of God. Now, the man I'm most afraid of is the fact that this old flesh that I live in is capable of every single sin that's recorded in this passage of Scripture. And we live in a day where folks have no fear of their flesh, but they feed their flesh and give in to their flesh as though it were a good thing. I fear this old flesh. I fear the flesh. Folks have said to me through the years, all these rules, you just don't trust my daughter. And I tell them, I don't trust her or you or me. I don't trust the flesh because I know what the flesh does. I don't want to end up where they have ended up. I don't want my life to be a casualty or a castaway or a has-been. We decide with our character and even more with the Holy Spirit of God to keep this flesh of ours 
locked up from the ability to do as it will. We're seeing today those without character and without the Spirit living their lives and then telling us, you have to respect us. I got news for you. God doesn't respect it, neither does decent mankind respect that kind of behavior. Now, I don't understand allowing the flesh to listen to rock and roll music that stirs the passion of sin I'm not supposed to live. You cannot do the things that you would. The Bible says I can't do these sinful things of the flesh. So why would I feed the flesh immorality? Why would I feed it the thoughts of immorality? The Bible says in Romans chapter 7 and verse number 25, I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord, so then with the mind I myself serve the law of God. And folks say, well, I just think about it, but I would never do it. Anything that we think about, anything that we dwell on, we're capable of doing it. And Satan is working to get us to a place of temptation and a place that he can wreck and ruin in our lives that's what the devil is doing and I'm saying tonight let's live in joy and gladness and happiness let's not feed the flesh let's feed the spirit of God isn't it a good thing we come into church and the church and the choir began to sing tonight and then the song they sang about heaven and then we sing together that feeds our spirit we read the word of God that feeds and strengthens our spirit we hear the sermons on finishing the race and we decide I'm going to finish the race that feeds our spirit. God help us not to destroy that by feeding the flesh ten times what we feed the spirit. I don't understand listening to a rap music that tells you and puts in your mind hatred and death and murder and the destruction of authority. I don't understand listening to country music that feeds immorality of the flesh. I don't understand what's fun about divorce or what's fun about being drunk or what's fun about losing in life. There are folks that are hurting from that. I don't need to feed my flesh. I need to keep my flesh locked up under character and the Holy Spirit. I read this week, where is this man that I met back in 1989? Where is he? As I got to that paragraph that said, the defense attorney team found that they thought the prosecutor had made a mistake in the prosecution and they had requested parole for this man. I wouldn't even begin to tell you the, 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 the wickedness and what, what all happened on the, at the time of that murder. But my heart began to race thinking, oh, I hope they don't let this man away. I hope they don't let this man out. And then to read, to read that he's still in jail. And I said, that's where my flesh has to be. It has to stay locked up under my character. It has to stay under the dominion, under the control of the great Holy Spirit of God. My, my life has to be fed the word of God every day to feed my spirit and not my flesh. Folks, you listen to me. 
if we're not careful, we're going to let these video games that give you 10 minutes of peace or 30 minutes of peace and understand that there's a time and place for that and, and, and for games and entertainment. I understand that. Oh, but listen, don't you let video games rear your children. It's hurting the minds. It's desensitizing the minds of not just children but adults. Can you imagine someone so selfish as a Vladimir Putin that would go in to a country of innocent people just because he wants to take it, he wants to be wealthier and willing to kill and murder and, and, and plunder through a nation? Oh, listen to me tonight. How in the world do we think it's going to affect the minds of our children when they're playing games, shooting and killing people? I'm preaching tonight. Now you talk to a police officer that spent a few years on the beat. You talk to a detective that spent a few years and they're working these gross murder and, and, and wicked behavior and you see what's present in their life. Ask them what kind of music did they listen to. You guess. It wasn't anything in the hymn book we sang tonight. You ask them. What kind of video games did they play? You know it. There's no need for that. Oh, listen to me. It's work and rearing children. Oh, but let's be committed to the work that you do. Don't let their minds be desensitized and numbed by the internet and the things of this whole world. Alcohol and drugs unleash the desires of the flesh. The wrong crowds like the friends of Amnon who desired to sexually abuse his own sister. He knew better. He knew better, but he had a friend and his friend said, go ahead. And the Bible tells us of that terrible story and that tragic ending. Oh, listen, and his flesh wasn't satisfied. His flesh was defiled and he was angry because the flesh can't be satisfied Sin, when it's finished, it bringeth forth death. I've known some people that I'm afraid of. I've known some people I don't want to be around. It bothers me. Last night, about 10.30, we're getting ready to go to sleep, and I heard either two firecrackers or two gunshots. It, it, it scared me. It just bothered me. But I'll tell you what I'm afraid of. I'm afraid of letting this flesh do what it desires to do. By the way, th th this flesh of ours, it will deceive you. It will make you think that it can control. And listen, the Bible is right about this old flesh. We must keep it under control. Now, there are three things I want to say about the flesh. I'm looking at the time I have to finish tonight. I'm going to give you three things about the flesh. First of all, the flesh cannot be trusted the flesh cannot be trusted. Take your Bible and go to Jeremiah chapter 17. Jeremiah chapter 17. Go quickly, Jeremiah 17 and verse number 5. Verse number 5, Jeremiah 17, 5. Thus saith the Lord, Cursed be the man that trusteth in man, and maketh flesh his arm, and whose heart departeth from the Lord. Jeremiah 17, 6. For he shall be like the heath in the desert. Heath is wasteland. Wasteland and shall not see when good cometh, but shall inhabit the parched places in the wilderness in a salt land and not inhabited. Verse number seven Blessed is the man that trusteth in the Lord and whose hope the Lord is, for he shall be like a tree 
planted by the waters and that spreadeth out her roots by the river. The psalmist wrote a song and a psalm about this recorded in chapter 1. And shall not see when he cometh, but her leaf shall be green and shall not be careful in the year of drought, neither shall cease from yielding fruit. Look at verse 9. The heart is deceitful. It doesn't say some hearts are deceitful. It says the heart, talking about the flesh. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? I don't know how many times I've talked to young people. They come to that age of 12 and 13 and 14, and they're shocked by their behavior. When they do something wrong, they're shocked. They're surprised. You know why? Our heart is deceitfully wicked. Look at me now. Look at me now. Listen to me. Our flesh can't be trusted. It can't be trusted, it says, and desperately wicked. Who can know it? I, the Lord, search the heart. I try the reins even to give every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doings. I say tonight, we cannot trust this old flesh. We must keep it locked up under character and not only under character, personal character, but under the power of the Holy Spirit. Number two, the flesh will destroy itself if you let it. The flesh will destroy itself. All the flesh desires to do is satisfy itself and, 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 and live in sinful behavior. Sin, when it's finished, it bringeth forth death. The flesh will destroy your life. Romans chapter 8, verse number 6, to be carnally minded, the Bible says, is death. Take your Bibles go to Proverbs 23. Uh, let me read out loud what we see happening around us all of the time. Proverbs 23, talking about sin, and here in particular, uh, the sin of drinking and drunkenness. Notice what he says in Proverbs 23 and verse number 29. Who hath woe? He asks the question. Who hath woe? Who hath sorrow? Who hath contentions? Who hath babbling? Who hath wounds without cause? They're wounded for no reason. Who hath redness of eyes? Here's the answer. They that tarry long at the wine, they that go to seek mixed wine, look not thou upon the wine when it's red, when it giveth his color in the cup, and when it moveth itself aright. Let me just go ahead and say, that this bunch that's dressed everything up and they make wine look good, and uh, it doesn't look like the old jug with three X's on it, and it doesn't look like the old fella hadn't shaved or taken a bath in six weeks. But I want to tell you something. Uh, you, can, you can put a new suit on it, and you can dress it up, but it's the same old slop. You can put it in a bottle and you can charge $300 instead of whatever it costs. And, and uh, it's the same old slop. It's the same old stuff and it causes the same problems right here. I don't care if you buy it in the, uh, California and the wine country of California or you buy, uh, buy it in the wine country of Italy, how much you pay for it and how sophisticated you are and how sophisticated the server is that pours it into the goblet instead of you just drinking it out of a jug. You hear me well, it's the same old slop. The Bible says, Look not thou on the wine when it is red, when it giveth his color in the cup, when it moveth itself aright. At the last, at the last, at the last, it biteth like a serpent and stingeth like an adder. Thine eyes shall behold strange women, and thy heart shall utter perverse things. Yea, thou shalt be as uh, he that lieth down in the midst of the sea, or as he that lieth upon the top of a mast. They have stricken me, shalt thou say, and I was not sick. They have beaten me, and I felt it not. And when shall I wake? I'll seek it yet again. You let the flesh do what it wants, it'll destroy itself. Look at the folks 
Look at the rap music singers and the rock singers and look at all of them. They, they, they say you, you'll see an announcement of death. You look at the picture, it looks 78 years old, 92 years old, and, and you, you start reading and they were 41 years old. Well, let me give you this. The flesh sides with Satan and the world. The flesh always sides with Satan and the world. The spirit sides with God. The spirit sides with the Bible. Stand with me. I have to stop. There's six things I want to give you. How do we control it? Well, the battle's won in the mind. The battle's won in the mind. You can't feed the mind sin and expect the body not to follow. We need to gird up the loins of the mind. We need to read the Word of God. Thank God for the Bible. You young people, if you just sang that song, you just sang that song, thank you. That was a great song. You sang that song, don't read your Bible this week, shame on you. Were you singing or lying to us? We need the Word of God. Listen to me. We need that old book right there. The person I'm afraid of most is not that man sitting on death row. It's the old flesh. The old flesh that I have to keep under subjection. Heavenly Father, help us.